Recording. Okay, good. We'll, we'll so that's live. Okay. Is that? Is that? Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe get to church. you greg until you're done so uh,
Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Good morning. It's great to be together. If I can invite you all to the uh, amphitheater, we're going to get started. I think the uh, campus and high school is going to be joining us this morning. It's great to be together. I want to welcome our brothers and sisters who are online with us. It's great to have you with us. So I just want to welcome you guys up, Jenica and all the crew. Thank you so much for coming over. Thank you, guys. We're going to go ahead and bow our heads in a moment of reflection, moment of silence. It's always a great to do that before we begin to sing songs, before we uh, uh, hear from God's word. Let's go ahead and bow our heads to reflect and really think about your relationship with God.
Well, God, thank you so much for this morning to uh, come to you, come to you in our grief, come to you in our loss, come to you, God, in our crisis, when things aren't going well for us, God. We know we can turn to you, and sometimes we feel like you're not there when we turn. But God, we know you're there. You know, we know that you're bringing us to a greater spiritual place when we, when we suffer when we uh, have to go through the route of really life through death and the road of Christianity always leads to the crucifixion. And we're so thankful, God, that you're on the other end, that you're there to console, to, to uh, build in us, to help us grow emotionally, to help us grow spiritually. And so God, we lift up this morning to you. We praise your amazing name and we thank you for being our God. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. I'm going to bring up Logan Popic for a special announcement to, to you guys. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, I just wanted to give us an announcement that's actually Alexis's last service with us. She's going to be going off to Idaho where she'll be doing school and a, a church internship out there. So she's going to have an amazing time out there. And so I wanted to encourage you guys. We actually have a little book for her. Um, if you guys can write in that, there's a whole bunch of pens in there. Just share a little bit of how Alexis impacted you or just... Uh, uh, anything you have, an awesome memory and things like that. I know Alexis was one of my first friends in the church. I came in here and I, I knew my brother and I knew one friend. Um, and then I awkwardly got to know the Burns family really well, uh, which was a lot of fun. And we created a really good friendship and relationship. And she was like uh, a sister to me. And so I know I've really valued that relationship again to have her in my life. And so um, if you guys can just Find her today, share a little bit. I think that would be an amazing thing. And um, we're happy to see you get to spread your wings and fly, but we're sad to have you leave. Love you, Alexis, and I'm happy to see you go. Sing a couple of songs, okay, everybody? Some uh, some kingdom classics. Um, How Majestic is your name? 113? 113? How majestic is your name? Lord, 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 Lord. Ready? Oh, Lord, 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 how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, Lord, Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh, Lord, we praise your name. Oh, Lord.
warmed up now. So let's go to uh, 378. We will glorify. 378, we will glorify. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is the Great I Am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before His throne. We will worship Him. We will worship him alone. He is Lord of heaven, Lord of earth. He is Lord of all who lives. He is Lord of all the universe. All praise to him we give. Hallelujah to Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I am. All righty. Good job, guys. Thanks, Greg. It's a bittersweet today because Alexis is saying goodbye. We're very proud of you, Alexis. You know, very few ministers get a chance to see children uh, grow up when they're little infants to when they go to college and then they go off to accept an internship in the Idaho church to be a campus intern and also pursuing her nursing degree. It's a privilege to see this, this time as you know, all your kids grow up and I've been very blessed to be your minister to watch your kids grow up and move on to great greater things and it's been an awesome time so uh we're gonna miss you i think there's a book going around right now it's a little journal you can write in it i think karen gave you a, a personal journal just through your relationship with god you have an outstanding walk with god it's a great example to the sisters and i'm sure you're going to be a great light and encouragement to the church with frank and julie williams who are in the idaho church in boise and i'm sure the football games are going to be exciting there uh, it's going to be an exciting time. So we're just very thankful that you have been with us for so long. But it seems like God is showing you a doorway to go. And you've taken that doorway on faith. So we're very proud of you, Alexis. Yeah. Very proud of you. Your parents are probably grieving and losing you and loving you. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to lose you. Yes, yes, yes. Today I want to talk about enlarging our souls through grief and loss. Mm. You know, your soul gets bigger and greater when you accept grieving and loss in our lives. We talked about the wall. You know, it helps us not to get attached to things. And you realize that when God takes something away from you, you realize it was a mighty struggle with that. And today I want to talk about grief, mourning, loss. These are, these are very biblical themes because what emerges after grief and loss is a truer version of Jesus in you. So enlarging our souls through grief and loss is important. There's no greater disaster in spiritual life 
than to be immersed in unreality. To not live in reality is not good. True spiritual life does not want to escape reality, but be committed to reality. Loss marks the place where self-knowledge and powerful transformation happens if we have the courage to participate in that. You know, God gives us limits, obviously. He has to. Even to the most gifted of us, God gives us limitations. Why? Why does God do that? To keep us grounded, to keep us humble. You know, the word, the word humble in the Latin, it means of the earth, grounded. And being humble, humbled by grief and humbled by loss is an opportunity to grow spiritually for all of us. Sometimes we don't even like it when it, we feel like when there's, when there's a challenge, we don't like to face the fact that it hurts us, that we grieve it. So a lot of times we want to mask it and hide it and bury it. And we're, we're not taking advantage of the opportunity to grow. We search for spiritual shortcuts around our wounds. Sometimes we demand others take away our pain. I want to read you the story of Job this morning. Would you please turn your Bibles to the book of Job? It's in the Old Testament. Because Job is the story of all of us. Job lost everything in one day. His family, his wealth, and his health. It's a great story about grieving and losing something. In verse 1 of, in verse 13, it reads, one day when Job's sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the, at the oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys were grazing nearby and the Sabines attacked and made off with them and they put the servants to the sword. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you this. While he was sleeping, another messenger came and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants. And I'm the only one who escaped to tell you this. While he was still speaking, another messenger came and said, the Chaldeans formed three raiding parties and swept down on your camels and made off with them. And they put the servants to the sword and I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. While he was still sleep speaking, another messenger came. Your sons and daughters were feasting and drinking wine at the oldest brother's house when suddenly a mighty wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house. It collapsed on them and they are dead. I'm the only one who escaped to tell you. At this, Job got up, tore his robes and shaved his head. You know, most of us experience losses a little more, a lot more slowly than Job. Over a span of a lifetime, we lose things. And we find ourselves at the door of death at the end of our life, leaving everything behind. It just takes longer for us. We lose our youthfulness. You know, I know the campus and teens are here. One day you're going to lose your youthfulness. No amount of plastic surgery, no amount of makeup, no amount of a good diet, no amount of exercise will ever stop the aging process. 
Many have tried. All have failed. We lose our dreams of the the career we wish we had that never came to fruition, or the desire for marriage, or the desire for children that we had hoped for. We lose our routines and stability when we go through transitions. When we each time we move or change jobs. Our children grow more independent and more powerful as they move through life transitions. And our influence and power decreases as it should. Our parents age and we become caretakers. Most of us have experienced catastrophic loss where a family member has died. A friend or son or daughter commits suicide or a friend is murdered. Put it on about 10 years ago, Cody was murdered right here in Thousand Oaks. He was our friend. He lived with the brothers and he was killed just like that. Sometimes our spouse can have an affair and we find ourselves single again or gone through a painful divorce or a breakup. We get diagnosed with cancer. A loyal friend hurts us. Infertility, miscarriages, loss of memory. Amen. Our mental acuity decreases, diminishes. Yes. And finally, we lose our wrong ideas of God and the church. And what makes that difficult is that for many of us, we've invested our lives into church to be done a certain way of following Jesus and a certain application of biblical truth, only to realize that much of it was foolishness and perhaps even wrong. If you've been in the church a long time, you know that experience. And we realize that God is much larger and more incomprehensible than we ever thought. And we can lose our illusion into this new family, this church family that we have. It's not the perfect family with perfect people as we expected it to be. It's not. At times, we can be bewildered and shocked at the, sh the lack of awareness of others. And every person who lives in a church community, sooner or later, will experience this. This moment of grief. What you thought was perfect is not. And that brings us to Job. If we were to, if you were to give a modern person Job's wealth, it would either be Elon Musk or Bill Gates. The Bible says he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, and camels were prestigious animals in the ancient Near East. 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, along with a large staff of employees. In today's world, Job was Elon Musk, or if you like, if you're older, Bill Gates. Private planes, yachts, thriving business, real estate holdings. But Job was a godly man, faithfully walking with God, delighting and obeying him with all of his heart. In Job 1.1, the Bible describes Job this way. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. That was Job. And then suddenly all the forces of heaven and on earth came crashing down from the east to the west, from the north to the south against Job. All of a sudden, 
enemies invaded, lightning struck, a tornado unleashed its fury. And by the end of the afternoon, the unthinkable happened. The world's richest man had been reduced to poverty and his 10 children had been killed in a terrible natural disaster. Amazingly, Job neither sinned or blamed God. He responded beautifully. He worshiped. He worshiped God. And then as he attempted to get back on his feet, boils grew over his body from head to toe. His eyes were red and swollen. High fevers and chills only added to the pain. Sleeplessness, delirium. And then finally, his marriage began to tear apart. After 10 funerals and a husband who's hopelessly ill, Mrs. Job had had enough. Mrs. Job gave her recommendation to her husband. In Job 2, verse 9, she says, Are you still maintaining your integrity? Curse God and then die. Their marriage was at its breaking point. Job's friends came to see him. In Job 2, verse 12, they, they saw him from a distance and they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud, crying tearing their robes and sprinkling dust on their head. What makes this story so bewildering is that the undeserved nature of Job's suffering. Job was innocent. There was no connection between his sin and the amount of pain that he experienced. Where's the love and goodness of God who would be to this faithful, amazing man? Where's the love? Where's the goodness? I don't know how many of you have ever experienced a cataclysmic loss. And the question I always ask myself, if I ever did, how would I respond to that? Would I worship God or would I blame God? Maybe we're innocent and we suffer, but yet Job worshiped God. He didn't blame God. You know, grieving difference, different is difference from family to family and from culture to culture. Our families of origin, as you grew up, that taught you what's acceptable and how you grieve and how you mourn. If you're from a British family, I had a British friend whose father passed and I went to his house to grieve with him. And he was like, why are you here? What's going on? Yeah, he's gone, it's okay. Like, it's no big deal. I was like, your dad died, your dad died. He's like, okay, yeah, he's gone. He's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, your dad died. Like, okay, come on in. And I was like, but that was their culture. It's no must, no fuss, move on. The other extreme is if you're Italian or from Greece, <laughs> right? Time stops forever, right? Women wear black for the rest of their lives when their husband dies. Or if you're Italian-American, they bang on the coffin. They call the name, duck, 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 duck. Some try to go in the, into the grave with them. You know, when I was young, I, I, my mom would take me to these funerals of, of our family who had passed away. And I would never forget the wailing that you hear at Latin funerals. Just the wailing, it's, 
It's almost every time I go to a Latin wedding, funeral, it's the same type of wailing. It's like, oh, this is cultural. They just wail. You know, sometimes you, you cry, but you hold it. They let it go. And when it goes, it's like, it's like this distinct sound of wailing. I remember going to the hospital for a sister whose mother was dying. And I happened to go on the day she actually died. And she died in front of the family. And she died in front of me as we're praying for her. And there, one of the reactions of one of the daughters, as her mother was just, just passed away, she took her last breath right there. She crawled into bed with her mother, holding her and wailing. Our culture is what teaches us how we should mourn, how we should grieve. In our culture, in the American culture, sometimes addiction has become the way we deal with pain. We watch TV incessantly. We keep busy running around from one activity to the other. Sometimes we want to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Maybe we overeat. We indulge in sexual sin. We drink. We take pills. Anything to avoid the pain. Some of us demand that someone else or something take away our loneliness, take away our pain. And the, the sad result is that when we minimize our wounds over many years, we become less and less human. And then you have the modern Christian culture saying, be happy, be joyful, be cheerful. And it's the wrong message when you're grieving. We don't just smile when we're at a loss. We don't quote Philippians 4 and say, hey, rejoice in everything. No. We don't, we don't quote Psalm 100. Sing songs of joy. Yeah, there's a time for that, but not now. Grief and, and loss has to be a part of our fellowship. It has to be a part of our fellowship. When one part suffers, every part suffers with it. We all grieve. We all mourn. But we don't, we don't grieve and mourn like we have no hope. We have a lot of hope. Because Ecclesiastes tells us that there's, there's a, a time for everything. A season for every activity. A time to weep. And a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. You know, Jesus wept. Turn with me to John chapter 11. Our Savior gives us the example of what grieving should look like. Grieving is good because we're going to experience loss in our life. If you haven't already, you will. It'll be tremendous and ongoing. And I'm not talking cataclysmic. I'm talking sometimes your kids get older and you wish they were young again. God, how I wish those days where my son wants to hang out with me more often. Hint, hint. God, how I long for those days, right? But he's, he's growing more and more powerful. He's transitioning to a man. And that's good, but it's a loss for me. I grieve those days. I'm sad half the days. Where are my children who used to run to me and say, Daddy, hold my legs and, and want to be lifted up? I can't do that if I tried now, but, but you grieve those things. Your kids age and they move forward in life and you're proud of them, but yet it is painful, yeah. right? So when Jesus 
his, his friend Lazarus was sick and dying and he was told about it. So he arrives a little late. It's another lesson. But he gets there and the, his, Lazarus' sisters are crying. They're mourning. And in verse 33 of John 11, when Jesus saw her weeping, Mary, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. One part suffers, every part suffers, right? Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. In verse 35, the longest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. <laughs> then he said, then the Jews said, you see how he loved him? Jesus wept over his friend who he was about to resurrect. He mourned and he grieved in the moment. Healthy. It's healthy spirituality. When we suffer loss, when we suffer pain, grief and mourning is good for us. It enlarges our souls. Look at me in Luke 19. Jesus is going on his final trip down to Jerusalem. He's not coming back from this one. He's going there to die. And he's been with people for three years. And he's approaching the great city of Jerusalem, the great city of God, with all its history. In Luke 19, verse 41, as he approaches the city from the hill, he sees Jerusalem. And he wept over it, verse 41. He cried over the city. And he said, if you, even you, had only known that on this day, that would bring you peace because he's going to die on the cross. Now it's been hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and you and your children within the walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. The message is don't miss Jesus. Don't miss him. And he's, he's grieving that the people didn't recognize the time of the Messiah. And he's grieving and he's sad over the city. When's the last time you cried over your friends and family not being Christians? He's grieving over them. He's mourning over them. But turning to pain is kind of counterintuitive. It's not my go-to, you know what I mean? When I'm sad, I like to sulk. It's my go-to. I like to sit in quietness and sulk and don't bother me. And then Karen tries to comfort me. No comfort, please. Do not comfort me. Do not hug me. It's like I want to be like Job, but I don't want to be Job. You know what I mean? But this, 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 that's, how, that's how I watched it growing up. I watched my, my father grieve in silence. When his mother died, my grandmother passes away. I'm behind my dad. His mom is being buried. And I hear a murmur of a, I hear a, a little, two seconds of a weep. And then I hear this, okay, that's enough. And it got sucked right back in. And that was my imprint. Suck that right back in. Do not feel that. Do not allow yourself to feel that kind of pain. Move on. And that's the imprint that our family can have on us. Because pain is counterintuitive. But in fact, the heart of Christianity, 
is that the way to life is through death. The pathway to resurrection is through crucifixion. In the book, Grace Disguised, there's a, there's a little sentence in there that I really liked when I read this book. It reads, the quickest way to reach the sun and the light of day is not to run west chasing after it, but to head east into the darkness until you finally reach the sunrise. Life is through death, resurrection through crucifixion. That is the Christian path. But as we get older, as I've watched these funerals and watched the wailing and watched the examples before me in my life, in adulthood, as I'm maturing, there have been defense mechanisms to resist feeling the loss and the pain and the suffering. We have mechanisms now that, doesn't, that, don't, that don't allow us or we don't want to feel pain. And I'm going to go over eight of them, and maybe it, you'll connect with some of these. These are unconscious, but they're there. Number one is denial. Selective forgetting. We refuse to acknowledge some painful aspect of reality, either externally or internally. I'm fine. It doesn't bother me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not worried. That's good. God's in control. Two is minimizing. We admit something is wrong, but in such a way that it appears less serious than it actually is. Again, this is not a big deal. Everyone does. It's not a big deal. It's common. Thirdly, we, we can blame others. We deny responsibility for our behavior, and then we project it on other people. Maybe it goes something like this. The reason my brother is sick in the hospital is because the doctors messed up his medication. We tend to blame other, other things and other people. In fact, he's there for another reason. Four is blaming yourself. We inwardly take the faults. We feel unworthy. We feel like we're not worth it. And we take the blame. It's our fault our parents got divorced. It's my fault my parents, my dad drank too much. It's my fault my mom left. We blame ourselves. Five, rationalizing. We offer excuses, justifications, alibis that provide an, act, an inaccurate explanation of what's going on. Did you know that William has a genetic disposition toward rage? We justify it, we rationalize it. Sometimes number six, we into, intellectualize it, like we give analysis and theories and, genera and generalities to avoid the personal awareness of difficult feelings. Maybe it sounds like this. My situation is not as bad as compared to others. Others are suffering more in the world than me. And so we intellectualize our suffering. It's not that bad. Seven, we tried the distracting technique. We changed the subject. We engage in humor to avoid threatening topics. Why are you so focused on the negative? Look at the great time we had last year at Christmas with the family. Come on, don't get so focused on the negative. Or maybe it's eight. We become hostile, angry, irritable. 
when certain topics are brought up because we don't want to deal with that pain. I do that with Karen. I'll pick a fight just so we don't have to talk about that pain. And then, then we focus on the fight and not really my pain. It's a nice technique. It works. It's effective. But I lose. Because what God wants me to experience is grief and loss. So I can expand and enlarge my soul. But I deny that. Because I'm scared to feel pain. I'm scared to suffer. It's not comfortable. And it's hard. And it's difficult. Especially as you age and you see your friends get older. We age and we get sick. Things happen. This is why Jesus, on the night he's telling his 12 that I'm going to be leaving, he says this to them in John 16. Turn there with me in verse, verse 20. He's, he, he tells them this very phrase, and I find this to be very true, is John 16, verse 20. He's going to leave them, and he's going away. This is very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while everybody else is rejoicing. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. And that's the result of grief and loss. When you allow it to enlarge your soul, you will turn to joy because your soul is enlarging. Your ability to have compassion is growing. That you're on the road to the, to the resurrection through crucifixion. You're, you're living life through death. Just like Jesus did. He is live, leaving. Yet he knows his men are going to cry and mourn. But their tears will turn to joy. And that's the road that we should be on as a church. That it's okay to come to church and you grieve and you mourn and you're crying and you're feeling. It's a good place and this should be the place where we do that. It's not always happy clappy at church. Sometimes it is and sometimes we grieve. Today we're happy and we're sad that Alexis is moving on, right? Her parents are sad and happy at the same time. It's a mixture. Watching your kids get older, it's a mixture. Watching, maybe you lose your job. It's painful. All these things are designed for us to enlarge our souls. And so when Jesus comes to the cross and he weeps over Jerusalem, let's not miss Jesus. Let's pray for our community. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to, to read about Job and Jesus. And the morning, God, help us to grieve. Help us to eliminate the ways we block loss. We block the, 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 the pain that we so need to feel that we will not block it, God. That we'll enlarge our souls. We'll grow healthier spiritually. We'll grow more compassionate. We'll grow more loving. And we'll shed the layers off of us, God. And we come, what emerges from us is more a Jesus-like figure. We want to be like him but we block the way with ourselves. Help us to remove ourselves, God, so Jesus can emerge in us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, I'm tired, I'm weak and I'm worn, through the storm, Keep it going around. Don't lose focus. Um, okay, so a couple things. Uh, we have our, obviously our weekly contribution. Keep doing that. That's awesome. Keep giving. It's glorious. Uh, helps helps out our, our, our Shoreline Church. You honor God in the process. Uh, there's special missions. That's going to be in the, the last Sunday of June will be our special missions day. And I just want to repeat where, where our contributions are going. Our goal is to hit 24,000. That's what we hit last year. 15% um, goes to the Ukrainian refugees that are in uh, scattered throughout the Baltics and uh, the Nordics. 15% um, goes to the Pacific Southwest. They plant churches around California and the South region. For example, um, Reno was planted three years ago. Uh, Slo was planted six years ago or seven years ago, and now um, Merced is being planted in California. 40% will go to the Baltic Nordic, and 30% will stay right here in Jerusalem. I call it Shoreline Jerusalem. <laughs> so here's, here's my encouragement to you. People ask me for a multiple. How much did I give a multiple? Those are great. And I think for a while, that was great. Here's, my, here's what I think we should do. You should pray about this. Because sometimes a multiple can limit you. I'm going to give three, three time, five time multiple. Maybe that's limiting to you. Maybe, maybe God wants you to give less or more. So pray about it. And let God tell you. Let God move you. And then you decide. So once you prayed about it, you've decided. 
If you're married, you should talk to your wife or spouse. Right? You know, make sure you're on the same page. And then you give cheerfully. You should be excited about that. And lastly, we celebrate together. I think we're planning a summer ice cream festival celebration for special missions. So June 26th is our day of special missions. Our goal is 34,000. We're just shy under 5,000 right now. So I just want to keep putting that on your radar as we go forward. You can give on shorelinecoc.com. It's always a great place to, to find a path to give. Let's pray about our contribution and then I have a couple of announcements. God, thank you so much for uh, this awesome day and thank you for the contribution that we get to give and the impact it has. We're very, very thankful and grateful and we're excited. And uh, we just wanna make sure that you're honored and we help really the message get around the world from Jerusalem to Judea, to the ends of the earth. Just like Jesus said, in his name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I wanted to share a little bit about Alexis as, as well. Uh, today, as we all know, it's her last service. She leaves on Friday and Andrea and Jenica are taking a road trip with her to drive all the way up to Idaho. Let's go and uh, have this great time to say goodbye and get her ready. And I just want to share, Alexis, I am just so proud of you. I love your heart. I've seen you grow up like Gio has, but it's just amazing to see the young woman who loves God so much with all her heart, who has a passion, who fights to do what's right, who tries things and, and tries new things and never gives up. And I love that about you. And we are here for you. We'll be praying for you. Please I want to ask all of you to continue to pray for Alexis as she's up there. It's a whole new adventure, a whole new world, and we want her to have a great time and really be successful. We will be praying for you, and you always have a home here. Always. And we'll always welcome you with open arms. And we can't, I can't wait to see what God's going to do with you there and how you will inspire us here. So please continue to just share the good news with us. And when you come back, share it, come and visit. And we'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. Really, really excited for you. Let's go. I also wanted to share, we're uh, we're excited about our Father's Day. We're having a dads and grads worship yeah. service. Let's go. Uh, so we're going to do at 9.30 a.m. breakfast buffet like we did before. So um, the house church leaders uh, will be contacting you as to what the different items of food to bring. And so we'll be meeting here. 9.30, we'll have our food and buffet, and we'll be able to just really honor the dads and the grads as well. And um, I'm also looking forward to the other events we're having this summer. We're having a, a, like a, a day a barbecue uh, in July. And it's gonna, we're gonna have a tug of war, water balloon fight, uh, or toss maybe, however it Mary will Mary first campus ministries that we usually do so uh set aside that will be at 9 30 a.m on that day on the 21st uh, of august so that you'll have that in there it will be with san fernando valley santa barbara and um Cini. i think i might have missed somebody but i think that's it <laughs> um so please uh plan on doing that we're gonna have a really great time um we also changed up some things with children's ministry and so i just if you are serving children's ministry or going to youth camp or teen camp or serving as a counselor 
in any way, there goes that. Um, we have a new uh, update form as well as there's a two hour course you got to do online now. And uh, you have to get thumbprinted uh, by the FBI, LifeScan, whatever it's called. <laughs> and I have, that will cost you money. So I have check request forms. So if you have to do it, please grab a check request form from me so that you can get reimbursed. The church will pay for your fees on that. I don't want you to feel it's coming out of pocket for that. Please talk to Isabel after church with that. I apologize for more work. We really appreciate all the people who serve. We really value you and our children value you as well. One last thing is our camps. The deadline for youth camp and teen camp is the end of this month. So please be sure to register or if you know someone who hasn't registered that is planning on going, please encourage them if they're not here today to remind them. Thank you so much. That's great. This will, all be in, this will all be in an email. I know you guys get thousands of emails a day, but pay attention to that email that Karen sends. Um, in the Baltic Nordic, they have churches like Coastal, Lifeway, uh, Tacoma, Spokane, Michigan, Detroit, all the Michigan churches actually. So what they do is they donate to the special missions fund. And this year they're having college students from the churches, uh, from the Baltic Nordic who support it. They're, they're sending college students and they're paying for their flight out to uh, two weeks out in Sweden, Finland and Norway to help the churches there for two weeks. It's, a, it's, like, a, it's like a program they, 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 they've uh, designed. And um, I wanted to let you know that we're praying for Olivia Valdez because she's gonna be going on behalf of the Shoreline Church, she'll be going to this across the pond, as they say, and going out to the Nordics. So it's going to be exciting. Karen and I are leaving for the Nordics next Sunday. So we're going on our on our mission trip out there to strengthen the church in Oslo. So we'll be gone for two Sundays. Uh, this Sunday we won't be here, and next Sunday we won't be here. So it's going to be in an email. So don't worry, this is a blur to you, but. There's not going to be an all-church midweek in the first week of June because we're going to be out of town. But that's what Karen and I will be. If you're wondering what we're doing, we'll be out, be out there strengthening the church there. They don't have a church leader, so the church is, you know, it needs some strengthening. It needs some encouragement and some direction. So we're going to be doing that. So we leave this Sunday. So long trip and a lot of jet lag. So anyways, let's, uh, let's say a prayer and we'll, and we'll close out. God, thank you for our music ministry. Thank you for our awesome uh, church that we have and our family that we have here and help us to be encouraging to one another it's in your name we pray amen, amen. enjoy the fellowship Woo. all right everybody okay uh mi gente let me see here let me let me get on here to encourage you guys i'm just gonna do something real quick here and then i'm gonna see if i can okay it's a little quick okay there it is there it is there it is Let's see if I can move this over. Okay. Okay, I have an iPhone. Jane, Patricia, Raul, Veronica, Vizoso, Meadow, Diaverdes. Um, okay. So today, obviously, I talked a lot about um, pain and grief and loss. And um, those are real things Job experienced and we experienced and, and a in a, you know, in a much more lifelong journey and, you know, just enlarging our souls and just enlarging our hearts and, um, and not running away from pain, not running away from disappointment or discouragement, but to 
allow us to feel those things because that's that's what enlarges us. That's what helps us to emerge more and more like Jesus. I know it's it's counterintuitive and it's hard and it doesn't sometimes that doesn't even make sense. But uh, just like Job, it doesn't make sense. But but that's the spirit we worship God through these these times of heartache and pain and difficulty. So just wanted to encourage you guys to allow yourself to to feel. Um, the loss and allow yourself to grieve. Um, there's a lot of great passages in James about turn your laughter to, to mourning. There's a time to mourn and it's appropriate. And there's a time to rejoice too, but there's a time to mourn and to, to feel and absorb the, um, the impact that has on our lives. So. so I just wanted to open it up for anyone who wanted to share anything. We can open it up to um, any comments you guys want to make on this lesson. I know it's, more of a deeper lesson in the sense of it reminds us of our pain and our um, our loss of life. So does anybody want to share anything? If you do, just take off the mute button. If not, it's okay. I just wanted to encourage you guys to, to allow yourself to, to embrace that. So that's part of the emotionally healthy spirituality that we all want to be is a place of growth and a place of, of being more and more like Jesus. You know, the road to life is through death and the road to resurrection is through crucifixion. And um, it's, it's, it's following in the steps of Jesus and emerging uh, a greater version of him in us uh, in our lifetime. So I want to thank you. Also want to thank Greg. Who, who are you talking to? to uh, the disciples online. Yeah. Hi everybody. This is Greg. Uh, Doing Good great morning. job. Hey. <laughs> can I hear something? What? Yeah, they can talk to you. Oh, someone say something. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little strange, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've been doing this every week, trying to give them, I give them a little recap of the message and I just give them a little encouragement. It's a personal touch because they're they're online and people yeah. are in person, yeah. so I'd like yeah, to give them a little yeah. extra Wonderful. summarizing. Did you guys like the lesson today? It was awesome. It was expanding the, your soul. Who ever talks the, about the, that? The, the, the Italians? Oh, they want to jump in. Yeah, yeah. They're they, like, oh, they bang on the coffin. They, they, want, get, they want to jump in there. They get yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the funerals. Yeah. They let it out. Yeah. The men, all, yeah. women, everybody. Yeah. everybody. Going nuts. yeah. yeah. He's Italian-American. So yeah. he knows that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So... Absolutely. Good morning, Gio. Good morning. Patricia. Um, Hi, Patricia. I, I just wanted to say that uh, I, I had a personal experience many years ago, and I was part of a different church, and um, I was going through a lot of physical problems and um, caused me a lot of pain and suffering. And wow. New members of the church offered to come over and pour oil on my head, anoint my head with oil and pray over me. And I, I refused it. Uh, I gratefully, you know, acknowledged that it was a lovely thing for them to offer, but I, I didn't do it. And my reason was that I knew that the, the actual ac action of it would cause me to lose my my cool. I would break down mm. 
so emotionally affected by it, and I didn't yeah. to see that weakness, what I perceived as weakness in me, because people, um, I was a paid solos at the time, and I, you know, sang every Sunday in front of all these people, and and I didn't want them to perceive me this way, and um, wow. so I, you know, the, your your message today really hit home because I remember that so significant, uh, so significantly, and it was yeah, it was and and I I think a lot of that is we're conditioned to to not to be strong, not to show emotion right. because right I think it's weakness. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Our family imprint is powerful in how we respond to, to grief and loss. So I'm trying to expand my soul, enlarge my soul by allowing me to, to grieve and cry more and, and mourn so um, I can grow because I think I've suppressed a lot of my um, pain and suffering for a long time. Yeah, it's so. much me to cry for other people and over other people and events. I mean, I, I cry about Ukraine every day, but mm -hmm. for, for things affecting me personally, I I tend to not want to let the, the boundaries down. Yeah. It's like we want to keep our chin up. Yeah. Keep our yeah. chin up, right? Keep our disposition. Right, if I give into it, I'll be, it'll right. be disastrous. <laughs> right. We'll be a mess. Right. That's the fear. We'll be a mess. Right. Right. Yeah, we'll be unstable. We can't be unstable, you know. This is my man right here. Alex is not here. Uh, he's he's mourning the loss of his friend. He's not here. This Aww. is this is Malik. He's sad that his friend is not here. Hello. You sad, buddy? Hi, Malik. He's sad that Silas is not is here. Silas, is Silas is Silas feeling better, Malik? Is he sick? No. So he has no. a game at one today. He's got a game. Oh, today. he has a game. Okay. Oh, I think we might try to make that. Thank you for telling us, Malik. That's why he's here to help. Malik. Malik, Malik do you want to talk to the church next week for me? No. No? Okay. <laughs> no, we have we have uh Kyle and Josh speaking next week. Thank Colin you, Gio. Johnson. We'll we'll yeah. try to make it out next week. I had some some dental work done, so I'm trying not okay. to talk so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Heal up, heal up. And what well, you drinking soup? Dental work? Do they have soup now? I, I, you know, I told the boys I wanted some mashed potatoes, but I settled for melted fries. <laughs> in nice. My mouth. <laughs> oh, mama. Oh my <laughs> okay, we will love you guys. That's Jennifer, our, our great singer, guitar player. Thank you. Social media content producer. I know I'm like, I'm gonna edit this later. Bye <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, love you guys. Bye, Gio. Have a good day. Bye. -bye. Have a great weekend. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you.